You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all my Utah friends and family. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And also, thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And it is a very busy show in terms of things to talk about. Lots of news going on right now. Uh, We're going to start things off with some recruiting news as Utah received a commitment from a big recruit, both literally uh, and also uh, in terms of commitment status and whatnot, as somebody that Jake and I had talked about a while back in Tyler Knack. And Knack is a very large, beefy offensive lineman uh, from Brighton High School. Announced his commitment on Monday. He was very excited about it. He was a player that had received a ton of interest from a lot of different programs uh, around both the Pac-12 and around the country. Uh, offers from USC, tripped out to Virginia, a very highly coveted three-star. I think probably going to get a ratings bump at some point in time. Had offers from Oregon State, Arizona State as well. So uh, a really good get for the University of Utah. Great get for Jim Harding, who has now locked down two really solid tackles in this class in in NAC. And um, Tavo Motuapuaka, uh, the <laughs> man, the raw but beastly offensive lineman from Hawaii. So Utah is sitting in very good shape with both of those players. Um, And recruiting is fascinating right now for Utah. Uh, I think Knack is a good get because he is uh, a very reliable commitment. He's going to be a good team builder. I think he has a lot of potential at the position. I've compared him to Dusty Hensel, uh, who was a great tackle at the University of Utah and deserved a much better uh, opportunity at the next level than he ever got. And I think that Knack has the potential to be a a Jaron Kump type player, not necessarily the same type of athleticism, but his size, his aggressiveness, people are just going to absolutely eat that up. He's got to develop a little bit. He's raw. He hasn't played offensive line a ton, uh, only a real year under his belt. But as we've seen, Jim Harding, those are the kind of guys where he excels. Those guys who want to work hard, who who he can develop and work with are, are right up his alley. And I have no doubt that this will be another good one for the University of Utah. So great news for the Utes in in terms of that one. Um, Also, some other news just from around uh, Utah football. They are going to the Rose Bowl still. Pinch yourself if if you're like me and you still can't quite grasp or believe that. It's pretty incredible. Um, Tickets are supposed to start going out. Um, uh, to Crimson Club members, I believe, tomorrow. I also think that tickets will go on sale on Tuesday to the general public for the Rose Bowl. Uh, if you haven't, you could also buy tickets through the Ohio State site. I know that a lot of Utah fans have done that. Uh, there was a pre-sale for tickets for people with Capital One card. It didn't sound like that went very well at all. So if you're trying to get to the game, keep 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 after it. Try and hit up your friends who have Crimson Club memberships. Uh, it sounds like they have an allotment of a 28,000, but a lot of those tickets are going to be taken up. So uh, try and strategize if you can with with your higher up Crimson Club level friends and whatnot. Also, big news from the Pac-12 championship game, Utah um, 
4.3 million viewers watched the Pac-12 championship game. I think it's a top five all time for Utah or for the conference, which that's really good news. Uh, it was the first time in Vegas. I think Utah fans showed out, showed up big time. And I think that's a very strong advertisement for the conference. This conference above all else needs someone to kind of, uh, Start, start jumpstart things like and and I think that Utah is a great program for that. So uh, maybe nationally people start recognizing and paying more attention to Utah. Although I think there's a tweet going around about some uh, Ohio State fan that's upset that they have to play Utah. That's fine. Uh, we've been there before, and uh, I don't think Utah's disappointed at all that they get to play Ohio State. And uh, I think Ohio State is likely going to watch some film and realize that they've got a real team on their hands with Utah. So that is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just keep trucking on. The other big news, I think Mario Cristobal going to Miami means that that, uh, that program is open for business uh, up at Oregon. And so recruits, I, I think there will be a player in the transfer portal. I think without a doubt, Utah is going to – get after some recruiting and I think recruiting is starting to unfold in an absolute um, mayhemic way right now for Utah with people wanting to get into the class for one. Um, I think also uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to see how Utah juggles this class. They are already at um, 10 commitments and, and so they're going to have to figure out who's staying and who's going and, and who else they can get to commit in this class and, and who might stay in the class and who might need to be dropped, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so there are some players that I think you're not going to even try to touch. Jalen Glover, uh, Lander Barton, Nate Johnson, those guys are all in. Carson Tabarachi, Brandon Rose. Uh, I don't see any of those guys um, getting dropped or anything like that. They might try to get a little fancy with some some of the local guys like Tyler um, and, and Carson and, and Lander in terms of maybe trying to get them to be pushed forwards, uh, meaning that they would technically walk on like Britton Covey did uh, at the beginning of his tenure at the University of Utah. So he was technically not on scholarship for the first uh, couple weeks of practice. Um, and then once school starts, you just push him forward. So that's an option as well, depending on what Utah gets. I think there's a lot of potential out there. Uh, really heartbroken for a lot of the Utah kids that are up there at Oregon that have to deal with that. Um, but you know, it, I don't think any Utah fans are going to be too heartbroken if Noah Sewell decides to come home, Jeffrey Bossa, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, James Powers Johnson up there too. Um, you know, all really great kids. And I think if, you know, things don't go as they hope or go well for them up at Oregon, you know, there's always going to be a landing spot, uh, close to home. Some other news, it's gonna, we're getting to the point to where a lot of these all-pack 12 teams are going to start being released. West Coast CFB, who does as good a job of uh, updating and covering the Pac-12 as anybody out there, announced theirs. Coach of the Year, Kyle Whittingham. Offensive Player of the Year, Travis Dye. Defensive Player of the Year, Devin Lloyd. All-Pac-12 first team, uh, DTR at quarterback, Dye at running back, Zach Charbonneau. Uh, Charbonnet, sorry, Drake London, uh, wide receiver with Calvin Jackson and Travell Harris, tight end Greg Dolchich, uh, Braden Daniels, the lone Utah player on the offensive line, uh, with along with Nathan Eldridge, Kellen Deesh, uh from ASU, uh, Sean Ryan, UCLA, and Abe Lucas, Washington State. Second team offense, Cam Rising, quarterback, Britton Covey, wide receiver. That's it. Uh, 
And that to me is really surprising um, because I can't believe that you have the three best tight ends in the Pac-12 and not a single one of them makes the makes the all Pac-12 first or second team offense. Uh, all right, whatever. Um, but I, I think there are some some candidates on there. Yeah, interesting that DTR was the first team choice. Rising was the second. I actually probably would would pick uh, Jaden Delora. Uh, to be one of those two choices if it were me. I think that Rising has been the most consistent quarterback in the Pac-12. I think what he's done in terms of winning games is is huge for the University of Utah. And uh, this was just not a great year for quarterbacking in the conference, and Rising was 9-1 as a starter. Uh, so, like, I, he's my pick, and it's Homer-ish, but whatever. That's, that's why I host the Locked on Utes podcast and not uh, – well – uh, I do host the Locked On Pac-12 podcast too, but um, from time to time, all Pac-12 first team defense: uh, Mika Tafua, Devin Lloyd, Nephi Sewell, and Clark Phillips all make the first team. Uh, on the second team, you have zero Utes making that one. Britton Covey gets the uh, return specialist, all Pac-12 first team, and that about does it. And I, uh, you know, uh, they with with a group like West Coast. Um, they have to really serve the entire conference and generate likes and whatnot from everybody. So I'm sure that they're trying to be as inclusive as possible in that regards. There are some players that definitely deserve to be uh, mentioned, I think, more so than they got there. But we'll stay tuned and see what happens with the actual conference uh, all Pac-12 teams when those are announced. Uh, I would expect they're coming out soon. Um but who knows? Uh, another announcement for the University of Utah. Nick Ford is the 2021 Freddie Solomon Community Spirit Award winner. Uh, the Freddie Solomon Community Spirit Award annually honors a college collegiate football player who has impacted the lives of others through giving and community service. Ford has found a way to make two of his passions in life, cooking and helping others, into a way to better serve the Salt Lake City community. This past year, Ford has partnered with Utah Foster Care to put on Sunday dinner where Ford, along with the Athlete Strong Foundation, cook for over 100 foster families at each event. Uh, great award for Nick, and I think it's a really great cause that he's been participating in. He is a very impactful young man, um, and I think that says a lot. If you can go out and you can impact your community, if you can impact your team, if you can impact the game, uh, if you can impact this world the way that he has, the world will be a better place. So huge kudos to Nick Ford. Uh, likely about to play his last game as a Ute in the Rose Bowl, and I will be cheering forever hard for him without a doubt. I think this, in in actuality, I think this is probably one of his best years as a Ute simply because he fought through so much and improved and played in multiple positions and did everything. I think he grew a ton as a leader. I think this was a very important maturation year. And as always, there's a few plays out there where he just physically annihilates people. And there's nothing more fun than watching Nick Ford just uh, destroy somebody on defense. Uh, so huge kudos to Nick. Looking forward to him earning some All-Pac-12 honors because he deserves it for sure. And whatever he decides to do in the future, uh, he will always have fans here on the Locked on Utes podcast because he is a great human being and obviously an offensive lineman. Always a big deal for us. Wanted to mention that today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. 
Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For the rest of the show, we're going to have some, uh, I'm going to play some clips from an interview that I did, well, from a session that I did with Cindy Robinson on the Pac-12, a Locked On Pac-12 podcast, a little crossover stuff for you. Um, So please, please, please hang out, stay tuned, listen to that one. Uh, In the meantime, I think we know that we all listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power too, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. If I were to say that Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, you would respond with, of course it is, Brown Bear. I listen to Locked On Utes all the time. You know how much I love it. Because Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. All the star players of the Power Five, plus mid-major players, plus players you probably have never even heard of. We've talked about Bailey Zappi on the show, Carson Strong, uh, the kicker from San Diego State, a Steve Bartle special. They offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All you have to do is just go make your first deposit, and prize picks will match it 100% up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. You pick two to five players over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, for example, combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. And as always, it's just you versus the numbers. You don't have to play against computers. You don't have to play against guys that are just doing this for a living. So go use the award-winning app on both the Apple Store and Google Play App Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy prize picks is safe and offers fast fast withdrawals don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy back here in the locked on Utes podcast thank you for making locked on Utes your first listen every day as we are free and available on all platforms and also thank you for making locked on pack 12 another one of those rotational listens every single day i talked with cindy robinson and we talked a lot about utah and the pack 12 i thought it was a really interesting conversation so i wanted to share it with you all here me and Cindy talking about the Utes. It is official. Utah football is your Pac-12 champions, and they're heading to the Rose Bowl. Oregon is losing their head coach and star player all before their season is actually officially over. And we're diving into it all during today's episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12. Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast and making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. I'm your host, Cindy Robinson, former Pac-12 student athlete, current ESPN social media specialist. And joining me today is Brian Brown from Locked On Utes. Obviously, no better person to have on after a weekend like the one we saw when it comes to Pac-12 football. Brian was actually at the game in Las Vegas. And if you saw some tweets from Locked On Pac-12, that was his, I guess I want to say yours truly, but his, his truly. I don't know how to say that. How do you say that when you're referring to somebody else? Uh, <laughs> English. Well, you just never, say yours truly. It was Brian scene. Brown. Yeah. He had the keys to the Twitter over the weekend. Um, Rightfully so. He was live at the game and we just felt like giving you that live look of everything going on made sense coming from him. So first and foremost, congratulations to your Utah Utes, Brian. I know you were super excited not only to see that win, but actually be present for the win. What was the atmosphere like in Vegas? It was it was it was buzzing. I I think that's a good way to put it. And this was. This was a game that a lot of people were looking forward to. It was one of the highest rated Pac-12 championship games on record. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's 4.6 million people tuned in. A- another wow. top five appearance for the season in terms of most watched games. Some of that is probably the Friday night time slot. But the good news is that it was also one of the highest attended games. Over 51,000 people showed up for it. If you're an Oregon fan, the downside to that was most of it was Utah fans. And... Shh. That's that's it's a good thing for the conference, I think, that you had that many people show up, made a good first impression. It was a big weekend in Vegas, very busy. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of energy, and I think most of it came from the Utah side of things. It was very pro-Utah. It was very loud in there, and I think it was a very great showcase of what Vegas can be for the conference going forward. And hopefully it's generating excitement because I think USC fans are going to want to go there now, right? I think Oregon fans would like to go back when they're, you know, when they're settled down. Yeah, probably. uh, I mean, honestly, knowing them, they'll probably have the redemption side of things and looking to go next year. So, you know, exactly. And that's a younger team with a lot of talent. And I think once they get the head coaching situation squared away, you'll you'll see that talent will continue to develop. But it was it was an incredible atmosphere. It was almost a, a dead repeat of the game two weeks ago. I Not think this one was that- even worse. Like it was even worse for Oregon. How do you you went into the half twenty three zero? Like, yeah. I, I'm not under, I mean, my my whole thought process and when I say I'm not understanding is because I definitely thought that Oregon would go back into the playbooks, go back into looking at the tape from the game against you guys and be prepared and going into a championship game, knowing that like there's a different mindset, we're coming hungrier, stronger, and they looked weaker. In a lot of respects, yes. I think the bigger thing to me was just the way the Utah defense 
suffocated the Oregon offense. Anthony Brown was completely ineffective. There was not a lot in the run game either. They had a few opportunities to the outside. That's the one that surprises me the most. I thought that Oregon would be a little bit better prepared offensively. I knew that defensively uh, it was just going to be a tough matchup for them because Utah's personnel package, they have three of the best tight ends in the country. I don't think uh, you know I'm outlandish in saying that anymore. Uh, it was on display, and it was fun to see local kid Dalton Kincaid. He's a Vegas native, Liberty High School, and he balled out in that game um, just like he did two weeks ago. But it was – I mean, you saw the game like like what did you see? Because I, I, I saw an Oregon team that looked like uh, as soon as that first drive went down the field, like here we go again. I didn't watch it fully, um, but I was keeping up with it. And I'll say from jump, the shock of seeing the score is what threw me completely off because – I just wanted a more competitive championship game. I think a lot of people were nervous about who's going to compete against Oregon to make it even entertaining, right? And when it came down to it, it's like, who's going to compete against Utah to make it entertaining? Like, that's what it, you know, and of all teams, we for sure would have thought it would have been Oregon, but I will say a little part of me is in surprise because of the Oregon team we've been seeing all season long. And I continue to go back to it because there's a lot of games that they barely scraped by and won. Like a team like Arizona should not have been able to put up as many points as they did against Oregon. They should not have been competitive against Oregon. Cal should not have been competitive against Oregon. Oregon lost to Stanford. um, And then obviously Utah, but like, Stanford did not finish their season strong. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you're looking back at how Oregon's season went, you're not as completely shocked about what went down in this championship. But on top of that, though, I think the other side of me that's like more competitor and whatever expected to see more fight in their Last, like for some of those players, last Pac-12 championship game, right? Um, last opportunity to go out on top. And I, it just wasn't giving. And then it makes you also think back to last season, how they kind of looked up into the Pac-12 championship. And you're wondering if that team was as strong as, you know, what it appeared to be. This was kind of a team that they got by all year long, right? Yeah. And what we saw from this Utah team was a team that consistently grew and improved and got stronger. Yes. That defense by the end of the year was an absolute killer. And that was the most surprising part about the season was Utah's defense just struggled. And I think, you know, look, it was a, a very unique season for Utah in a, a number of ways. Yes. I, I think you have to take account for the fact that Coming off a year like COVID, losing two teammates in the way that they did uh, in Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, and and seeing, you know, uh, credit to, to Ducks fans down there because Utah's started doing a moment of loudness to celebrate Ty Jordan and Aaron, who, who didn't get to play in uh, Rice Cycle yeah. Stadium, not Ty at least, and uh, Oregon fans joined in. It was such a neat, special experience. It's been so impactful. Um, you have to believe that that played a factor in terms of, of them having a little extra juice. Uh, throughout the Always. season. I've said it since it happened, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, again, you already were aware of, you know, what happened to the player before, um, you know, Aaron Lowe. And then, uh, or was it Ty Jordan? Which one Ty was Ty Jordan, it? yeah. Ty Jordan before. And then going into this season, you know, you're obviously playing for him. But it's, I won't say it's in the back burner, but it's not as fresh on the heart, right? Correct. And then you have... 
Aaron Lowe happened. And it all just brings back those same feelings from Ty Jordan now amplified. And so you're, I've said it from since that moment happened, they're playing for a different um, reason now. It's completely beyond just, oh, I want a title, right? It's so much more. And that motivation carried them week in and week out. They played like there was something else important to them. And it so- showed. So many of the players and coaches talked in the post game afterwards about believing, uh, yeah. having belief, and and how do you not believe in one another when you, to a degree, believe that you have teammates that are above, watching, you know, looking down right. on you, uh, cheering you on, and and so I think that really unified them in a lot of ways, and that's part of why we saw them play so dominantly against Oregon two games in a row. Uh, this was a team that was extremely unified and. Uh, you know, it was just a great finish to a great season for Utah. Oregon will be back. The, yeah. This is this is a strong, sure. proud program, and there's a lot of good talent up there still. They dealt with an absolute slew of injuries, and, and they're always going to be a competitor in the Pac-12 as, as long as, you know, that administration and that backing is in place. Uh, yeah. This was just Utah's moment to shine, and, and they went out and uh, did what they had to do to do just that, and now they're going to yeah. the Rose Bowl, and that's, you know, that's a big deal yeah. for this Utah fan base. For yeah. Sure. For sure. That's the first part of my show with Cindy Robinson on the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. And for the second part, you're just going to have to stay tuned while I talk to you about how the holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift can be tricky. I know it's been hard for me. Uh, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to spend uh, send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar. So not slash. Go to omahasteaks.com, find the search bar, enter in college to order the perfect gift package for $99.99. You'll get 24 entries like the world-famous bacon wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, so much more. When you use the code college, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. Uh, be like me, just eat them all at once. I'm just kidding. I don't think I could eat eight of those burgers. Um, maybe eight of some like McDonald's burgers, something like that. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at OmahaSteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when entering the code College in the search bar. Achieving great gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks, incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com. Search the keyword college. Wrapping up a busy episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Wanted to finish up the conversation that Cindy and I had talking about the matchup with Utah versus Ohio State and everything that's involved with that. Uh, I get a little sidetracked at one point because I still don't know how to talk about it. Uh, you would think that three days later I would feel it. I don't. Um, really know how uh i'm still processing it and maybe maybe it'll be like that for a while um this has been an incredible year we've seen an incredible amount of growth on the show seen uh some stars arise you know with sammy and cole uh had a lot of fun with jake and uh getting the blockcast boys on here for a couple episodes and uh i think the biggest thing is the relationships that we've been able to build with all of you and all of your support uh without a doubt the podcast has grown so much um and that is both humbling um, and also very uh, makes me feel very responsible um, in terms of making sure that we do the best that we can here. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for that. And, and maybe that explains part of why I kind of drift off there for a second in, in my own thoughts. Um, or maybe it's just, you know, um, that's 
that's kind of who I am. I'm a little bit of a more thoughtful guy. And sometimes those thoughts get all added up there together and don't always come out so great, but I hope you enjoy this. And, um, really had a good time talking with Cindy about this one. Utah heading to the Rose bowl. Um, really quick. How much does that mean to this program? What's the history for Utah in the, is this their first time in the Rose bowl? Uh, I know I should know these things, but you know, bowl first games, ever are, Rose bowl game. I was gonna say yeah. bowl games, they kind of date back for a while and that's yeah. a little beyond my history sometimes. So I got to ask when I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and I'm the right person to be asking that, you know, I believe the first bowl game was in 1964. They went to the Liberty bowl, uh, but the, the Liberty Bowl was actually played on the University of Utah campus that year uh, in a wild scenario. But this is the first time Utah has gone to the the Rose Bowl. This is a program that's only been in the conference for 10 years. And this is a fan base that is very passionate. Uh, they believe in their team. Uh, they, uh, they're they very aggressive about their team, uh, especially on social media, as I'm sure so, some people have noticed. Um, but they wanted to feel like they belonged, and, and I think this is validation for them. And this is a program that's been very competitive for a long time um, under Kyle Whittingham, and, and so it means everything. You know, uh, yeah. Utah fans are already scrapping to get tickets from every nook and cranny that they can to get down there. It's going to be a convoy. When Utah went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2004, uh, you know, they were driving down to Arizona in droves to the point to where they're cleaning gas stations out of food on the way down. You know, that that's how the, you know, Utah is a small state. And, and in this footprint, it's easy to overlook Utah. Uh, yeah. know, someone who's grown up here, I know it's perks, but I also know why people love LA. And I know why people love San Francisco. And I know why people love Seattle. And it's really tough to compete if you're Utah. So for Utah fans, it's everything. For this program, it's everything. For Kyle Whittingham, uh, it's it's a culmination of a plan that he put together over 10 years ago uh, to bring this program to relevancy. And you're starting to see <laughs> them emerge as kind of like sure. you know one of those top tier teams. And and you know it, it takes a long time for this stuff to evolve. Uh, but right now, they're one of the most stable programs in the conference, and they're not peaking as much as they're starting to trend upward again uh, as they hit this plateau. So um, it does mean a lot for them, and I think you know Utah fans are having a lot of fun enjoying it, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Ohio State's an excellent football team, and, and the matchup between that offense and Utah's defense is going to be uh, you know a, a really fascinating one to break down but um i think the other part of it too is just you're seeing that what utah's done is is forcing changes across the conference yeah i was gonna say it's very refreshing to have a team in the rose bowl that we typically wouldn't see you know uh when utah joined the pac-12 they didn't come in silently they they came in being competitive but getting to this level you're able to see them against a Big Ten school. And more importantly, I'm loving that it's not a repeat of Oregon versus Ohio State, which we already saw earlier this year. Like, we want to see new teams, even though Ohio State isn't necessarily the Ohio State that, you know, was popping earlier this season. I don't even know if they were actually popping in the earlier season, honestly. But the reputation behind them when they were facing Oregon was a lot bigger than uh, what we're going into in this Rose Bowl game. So the likelihood of Utah actually walking away with this win is just going to be the cherry on top to their season. But it's very likely to happen just looking at, you know, what we're seeing from this team, from both teams, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, I think 
it's fascinating, right? Like, like we're seeing this kind of just spin out of control and, and, and go crazy. And, um, man, it, it, it feels good, huh? It's like one it of those does. take it all in. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, it's really hard. I, I've been trying to describe just watching it, and I've grown up watching this program. I've been around it a ton. Uh, I've now transitioned into covering it and trying to provide, you know, uh, insight and, and opportunity to people uh, as to what I've been able to see. Um, and so you kind of reserve yourself a little bit from a fan side of it, but just, um, you know, this is a program that's worked so hard and and done a lot to really try to establish themselves. It was surreal to see kids on the field after the game you know as they're celebrating kind of look around like what do i do now you know they've been on this mission uh to to keep fighting and everything like that and uh you know some of them were elated uh some of them were definitely uh in in uh in in their feels, I guess we'll say it that way. Yeah, um, which is good though. I mean, oh, here, and on top of that, on top of that, here's the thing: the fight isn't over. No, the no, the no. fight is not over. You know what I mean? We have one more game for them to play, uh, the bowl game, and it's obviously one of the highest bowl games you can get out of coming out of Pac-12. Um, I think that moment will probably be the most surreal for them, um, but it will be a culmination of the toughest season, like we talked about earlier, that they've probably had to deal with. And they can say that they did it for their teammates, not only for themselves, but their teammates, too. And, you know, for the family. And that's what it's always been about is believing in one another, believing in the mission that they can accomplish. And I think, you know, I think having some success and feeling uh, that feeling of of accomplishment will definitely motivate them further. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how Ohio State responds. This was a team that was basically destined for the playoff and then struggled against a very very good Michigan team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, I like the matchup. I think it's two very um, unique teams. Ohio State being a very strong, potent offensive team. You know, C.J. Stroud was once a, uh, a a recruit that Utah was very heavily invested in. Clark Phillips was once an Ohio State commitment that flipped to Utah. Uh, the Vamahi brothers, uh, Aliki and Enoch, you know, playing on opposite sides on, on each team. So there's a lot of fun storylines to look into there. The matchups are interesting. And, and I think young Ryan Day having – you know, kind of evolved under Urban Meyer and the, you know, the old guard, so to speak, in Kyle Whittingham, getting cutting his teeth a little bit under Urban, Urban Meyer is a fascinating thing. And so it's a, it's a really strong matchup, in my opinion. Um, and I think, you know, for all the lack of buzz and maybe uh, marketing pizzazz that you talk, uh, you know, comes with, uh, I, I think they make up for it on the field, and, and Ohio State's going to be a great measuring stick for this program to find out really how much further th- they need to go. Yeah. There you have it, my conversation with Cindy Robinson from the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. You can go ahead and follow them. They are free and available on all platforms, a variety of different hosts rotating through it. Jake was on last week. Uh, I was on on Monday. Parts of this conversation, obviously, there. You can catch other hosts there all the time. It's a great conversation. Cindy does a great job. Uh, she and Michael Luke talk a lot of basketball. It's really fun. Uh, but, you know, as always, uh, making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day is important. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Serving. Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just like us.
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, it is a Sammy Mora, Sam Amazing, the Samtastic, uh, the Sam. I'll have to come up with a new one tomorrow. Uh, but Sammy Mora should be on the show, uh, barring some unforeseen circumstances where it doesn't happen. So excited for that. As always, Sammy and I have a great time. Then you'll expect Cole Bagley and. Uh, we're hoping to get a Jake sighting at the end of the week. Jake has just been uh, he's been sick and, and dealing with all sorts of stuff, so uh, giving him some time off. So we love you, Jake. Uh, this has been the Locked On News podcast for December 7th, 2021. We will talk to you again tomorrow.